Welcome to SoFlo by Lucas Millar. Lucas's latest collection of 13 short stories, ranging from the gross and silly to heart-wrenching thrillers of cosmic proportions. Join Lucas as he takes you beyond the beaches and shows you the dark side of the Sunshine State. Welcome to SoFlo, a collection of weird Florida horror by Lucas Millar. Available January 14th, 2024. Pre-order now. Brought to you by the Evil Cookie Publishing. Welcome to Deadhead Space. I am your host, Patrick R. McDonough, joined always by my buddy, Brennan LaFaro. Say hello, Brennan. Hello, everybody. And also, Candice Nola. Say hello, Candice. Hello, and we have the honor of talking with Paula D. Ash. Say hello, Paula. Hey, everybody. So, Candace, how about you lead with the first question? Throwing you the curveball, but I feel like you can lead this one. Oh, my. I get to lead tonight. <laughs> what an honor. Uh-huh. All right. Hi, Paula. Yep. Me and Brennan uh-huh. are the knuckleheads. <laughs> They're going to sit this one out. It's just going to be me and you, and then I might let them talk a little bit. So we'll see how this goes. All right. So I'll mute myself. (laughs) Ma'am, since you are with us, happy to have you on. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, y'all. I, I'm such a uh, a fan, and I I know this is, you know, took a took a lot of moving pieces to get it together. So I'm I'm stoked to be here. Thank y'all so much. Oh, you're very welcome. We like to move pieces around. You should see the maneuvering we did for this month to get it all in. But you know, oh, it's yeah. great. It, they it, saved it my great. ass so many times. <laughs> Lady, she kicks in way too much in hyperdrive. I'm like, don't know how to slow it down. Weed sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to start with our <laughs> usual question because we like to ask this one, especially for some of our newer and upcoming authors in the industry and whatnot. And you were on fire. So, you know, let's start with this. Why or what brought you here? Why does it feed you? Why this? It could have been romance. It could have been steampunk. It could have been any number of them other 100 genres and subgenres why or why is this your own yeah um that's a that's a good question um i particularly like the what is why does it how does it feed you um it's always been horror for me um i've tried occasionally to write in some other genres and then you know terrible things happen i'm like well this is just horror so you know um but i think uh, I, I tell the story a lot. When I was a kid, um, I begged my mom to let me watch A Nightmare on Elm Street. I was five years old. And so the film had only been out. Uh, it had been out about four or five years. It was on like HBO or something mm-hmm. like, you know, old school HBO, not this, you know, not this yeah. Max shit. Like it was actual <laughs> HBO. Um, and uh, and I remember I just begged and begged and begged to my mom to let me watch it. And I don't know why like I think I had seen the trailer or something somewhere um and she she let me watch it with the the compromise being that I had to watch it with like a blanket over my head for the scary parts and so I don't know if you've ever seen you know 
the original Nightmare on Elm Street, most of the movie is a scary part. Oh, so yeah. I spent about however long that movie is just <laughs> underneath a scratchy wool blanket and it had like like cigarette burn holes in it. So I was like trying to peek and see the scary <laughs> stuff and it was just too much. It was too much for me. I had nightmares about Freddy Krueger for years. Um, I, I should not have seen that movie, but it, uh, you know, it, it sunk its claws into me. Um, and I was just obsessed from then on. And, um, like that was with, with horror, um, films. Sorry, my cats are down here and they might jump on me and they have claws. I just want to. So hard to be the first time. Yeah, so many, <laughs> so many different types of pets and kids. It's, <laughs> yeah, you just never know. You just it's never fun. know. Yeah. Um, cats are stuff lively. Free uh, sound effects, man. <laughs> right? It's my blood curdling scream. Um, so, uh, so it was that was like for my first like horror film was A Nightmare on Elm Street, and then I think I started. I've always been a voracious reader, and then I think I discovered like. Like I read, you know, like I read Stephen King and R.L. Stein, but I think what really got me was Christopher Pike because Christopher Pike books back in the day were like, like it was young adult, but it was like adultier young adult, yeah. you know, like it was, it was, he, it, he we would call it the kids. He really did. I mean, yeah. and, and a lot of the stuff he wrote about it was, you know, there was monsters and, you know, werewolves, but like R.L. Stein was more on the cheesy side, but Christopher Pike was really more like psychological. And I think yeah. I just really, like, I really just i dug that like that that because that was really scary to me um and i just think that that's that's kind of where that's my lane you know like that's where i've i've kind of always felt um like you said candace like that's where i've always kind of felt like home is like that kind of psychological messed up you know kind of horror that um you know other people find you know a, a lot of other people find really like particularly revolting kind of stuff, but I just, mm -hmm. I really, I really like it. Nice. So your collection, we're here to hurt each other. First <laughs> of all, the title alone gives <laughs> one a moment of pause. Sure. Like, all right. <laughs> what am I getting into? And do I really want to read this? And you know, that's a really good title because holy shit, that's pretty much what we do to each other, right? I mean, is it not? Because at the end of the day, and I hear horror writers say this all the time, and you know, there's a whole lot of truth in that. We are the monsters. Mm -hmm. we, we, we do things to one another that we sometimes sit around and think about and we can't even comprehend one of us doing that to another human, but then we'll read about it on the news or, you know, on the internet, or it'll be in the news that night or the next week. And then there's another horrifying story. And then we go online and then we read these reviews of books that we have written or yeah. our peers have written. And these readers are like, oh, it was not plausible and things like that don't happen. And I'm like, have you seen the news? Like, have you seen anything? We are yeah. the monsters, yes. you know? And it's literally like, we can't make this shit up. Like, we got it from somewhere at some point in time. So, again, your collection is fucked up. <laughs> Thank that you. Your highest compliment. I, <laughs> I I take it as such a compliment. Trust me, I take it as such a compliment, particularly particularly. I read it twice now. Uh, I Thank you. Read it twice, and let's just let you let's let you get into this. If I'm a new reader, 
God. Just being introduced to horror and to your work. What am I finding in this book? A lot. <laughs> Maybe too much. Give, give me your pitch. <laughs> oh my God. Yes, um, two minutes to tell oh me Jesus. why I want to read this book. What am I getting myself um, into? I mean, it is it is uh so we're here to hurt each other is a is, is an examination of the horrible things that people do to each other mm-hmm. um and it asks a lot of questions about the nature of human evil and it basically comes to the conclusion that there really is no such thing as super natural evil in the sense of like here is you know the devil who is the 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 devil is making me do thing no it's people that's what we do Mm -hmm. that's that's people do evil things um and uh it looks at these various aspects of of humanity um through a lot of different subgenres there's some cosmic horror there's psychological horror there's some police procedural stuff um uh there's some epistolary stories so there's a lot of different types of storytelling in the collection um but that theme of like human beings hurting each other that's that's pretty much at uh the forefront and i also wanted to tell stories with you know that was you know that featured characters who are the kind of people in my life so i feature um you know queer characters i've you know feature a lot of characters uh who are members of the lgbtq plus community and i also feature um the the stories have a lot of like black characters and black mm-hmm. families and and um that was really important to me to include that kind of like diversity and inclusion but also to be you know to kind of balance that with with a real you know kind of humdinger of an exploration of like the worst parts of of uh of human nature because i just think that's really fascinating so that's that's what you'll get out of it i think yeah, it, it it certainly is a humdinger. <laughs> That's a good term. Actually, um, uh, blurb on the cover. Be great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there th- there were two that that struck me like, <laughs> oh yeah, there, there were two. There, there there was one that got me like right in the heart, and there was another one that just blew my mind. And I started thinking maybe halfway through that I kind of knew where the ang- angle was, knew what the twist was, and I was so totally wrong. And I was <laughs> so happy that I was wrong because the ending blew me away, and I was like, did not see that coming. And it was just perfection. So tell us signature from a future corpse. Mm, mm-hmm. Blew my mind. Thank you. Thank blew you. Blew my mind. And because you watched. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> that was the one that just just got me, just, you know, punched me right in the face. So yeah. I was like, all right. <laughs> all righty. So this one's going to my mom now because we got to read this. <laughs> you say your mom? You gave My mom your... <laughs> reads all of my books. I passed them on to my mom. She reads everything that I write first. She reads everything I do before it gets sent to any publisher That's or anything. amazing. And she goes to all the conventions and stuff with me and everything. Like, she buys as many books as I do. She gets free books as many as I do because people all know her now. And they, 
they have adopted her. She's the nana of the horror industry. That is so oh. awesome. Mm -hmm. That's so sweet. Oh my god! Because my so my mom is uh. So I, I gave her a copy of the book and I just, I like, I did, I, I'm not, it's like, I'm not that cool with my mom. Like, I'm cool with my mom, but like not, my mom doesn't like horror. I think I, yeah. I should, I should say it that way. She's not a big fan of it. And so, um, she read, which one did she read? I don't know if she read Bereft. I've never asked. I don't want to <laughs> know if she's read it. You know what I mean? Like if you read Bereft, I'm like, I just, I you know that's that's a that's a don't ask don't tell them right. <laughs> um, but uh but my she what did she she didn't read, oh she read the my mom read the mother of all monsters and she was just like well do you want to kill me and i was like mom what are you <laughs> what, what the fuck <laughs> where is this coming from no it's a story like so that's and yeah. so that's yeah so like i gave yeah. her a copy you know to have so she to could have. say you know look yeah. you know but yeah my mom is not <laughs> she thinks she, like she think she found like blueprints for her death <laughs> i th i it's it's weird because That'd be a funny first of story all she's so so uh mother of all monsters is like a really like old story like it's it's like old story like i wrote that story when i think when i was in college so that was like some <clears throat> 20 years ago and uh and and so my mom had read it back then like she read it when it when i after i first wrote it and then she and we like didn't talk about it and then so she read she read it again and like when i asked her about it like that's what she said she was like mm. you know and i was like have you just carried this inside for <laughs> two decades and I, and I was just like you know what that's why I write what I write because apparently like this this whole like thing, like my mom just didn't like I she I was I don't know like that was such a bizarre way to take that story and the fact that she had never mentioned that to me at all before was yeah. really really that's interesting wild. so yeah that's yeah my mom gives me ideas she'll call me at like midnight be like hey got an idea for you dude my my baby right, my baby boy loved like he got Right away, hooked up with her. It was totally cool with her. She is Nana. That is so yeah, sweet. She's Nana. Her, mom, her mom's super duper sweet. Brandon, sir. Well, first of all, all I can think of is I believe that the horror community deserves a meetup between your mom and Mama LaRocca. Uh, yes. <laughs> two absolute yes. stars of the genre. Yes. Um, we, we need to make that happen. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Uh, so, Paula, you talked a little bit about the themes that really tie these stories together. And I'm kind of curious, were, is that would you consider that a larger theme of your work or did you write all of these pieces specifically to come together in this collection? Um, and also, I'd love to throw in there. What kind of considerations did you put into story order? Yeah, so um those are fantastic questions. So I can't take really any credit for story order. That was all Sean. So that's Sean Leah Thompson, who is the editor and publisher for Nictitating Books. And I was, I like, I literally just like emailed him a bunch of stories and I was just like, here, because he had asked me to, to, he's like, hey, do you want to, I have a new, you know, press and it's very new and I love your work. And he and I have been friends for a while. Um, and uh, I'm I'm a big fan of his work as well. And so he was like, "You want to put a collection together?" And I'm like, "Sure." I don't know what that entails, but all right, you know. And so um, he put the stuff in the order, and and it is 
one of the biggest strengths of the book, I, I think I can say that um, objectively, because I had very little to do with it other than writing the stories, but like he put them in the order that they're in. And it's one of the, the biggest strengths, I think, of the collection is that order. As far as the theme goes, um, yes, that is a theme in a lot of my work. I'm kind of drifting into just super weird perverse territory i i don't know I, i'm going through something apparently i don't know but i'm i'm writing a lot of um a lot of the project i'm working on two uh novellas and a couple of short stories um and they're all again they're related in terms of like this the horrible things that people do to each other um but one is more about um one looks at kind of like the aftermath of um of genocide and how people deal with that and then the other um projects and these are both still in in process i'm a really really slow writer um but the other one is uh more about um sort of the the ways that people um navigate like sex and sexuality but also i don't know kind of within the context of like if there's it's sort of like if people are, are sort of navigating sex and sexuality but also trying to do so in a way that pushes boundaries it's basically like it's not exactly hellraiser there are no cinnabites but it's like that same kind of vibe so yeah um but to, to but to answer the question yeah i think that's something i my work is often concerned with because i just you know i find people endlessly fascinating but also endlessly terrifying and like you know, like I, I try, like I'm not one of those people. I don't watch the news ever um, because it's pretty horrible <laughs> a lot of times. Um, Absolutely. And, you know, and also like I think in, for better, or for worse, you know, in our social media saturated lives, like you're going to hear about the worst stuff anyway. And so, um, so yeah, so like I don't watch, I purposefully don't watch the news because it just messes with me too badly. And um, like a lot of my fiction is a response to, you know, like the stuff that happens in the real world that people do to each other because I just can't process some of that stuff without putting it in a story or putting aspects or facets of that um, into into my work. That makes yeah. sense. Now let's get uh, nerdy writer for a minute. Um, when when you read the when you read your work um it's 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 got a rawness to it and it certainly doesn't fuck around but what <laughs> really struck me right off the bat is just how precise the prose is like there's a there, there's no fatty words and every word choice just seems like dead on and well thought through and i'm just kind of curious about your process is that what comes out I almost don't want to hear a yes there, but like, is that <laughs> what comes out right off the bat or is it like, you know, uh, a tedious, you know, tightening of the screws? It's both because I'm frustrating. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it's both. I'm insufferable as a person. Um, some of that stuff just come like, I, like, okay. So um, what story is it? Um, not X. What's uh there's a story at the beginning, aspects of emptiness, carry on, carry on. So that story I wrote in about six hours. That that draft, that's the only draft of that story 
I think that exists. It just came out like that. Um, <laughs> what's frustrating, I know that's like, what, like, you know, like if somebody else made that, I'd be like, bitch, fuck you. But like, <laughs> the thing is, um, on the other, like the flip side of that, so for example, telesignatures from a future corpse, like that's a, a novelette. It's a bit longer, but it took me forever to to get that story out because that's a cool story. The mm-hmm. thank you, thank you. The the twists and the layering and the pacing was so difficult to nail down, and and like that's part of the reason why I'm such a slow writer because I I think all that stuff matters, and so. I'm not terribly like um like I said like I'm just I'm not a I'm not a quick writer. I'm trying to like I try to let that go but I always I'm, I I'll be honest I'm always really nervous that if I don't spend that time deliberating and pouring over every sentence that that's going to like impact the quality of the story. And so I'm always trying to juggle those things and so yeah, so it's like Sometimes that stuff just comes out and it's like, you know, um, sometimes, you know, lightning strikes and then sometimes, you know, it's the editing process. And I'm not accustomed (laughs) to, um, I'm really, I'm a perfectionist and I'm also really bad at like letting people see drafts of things. So like if by the time something gets to an editor or by the time it gets to like a publication, it's not even, um, there's barely any editing to do there's barely any polishing to do because i've gone over it like over and over and over and over again which on the one hand is good that's what you want to do but on the other hand it i think inhibits a little bit in terms of like like productivity so yeah so it's a it's a mixed bag i i it's it's a current it's a it's a constant kind of struggle for me you know, I'm I'm hardly the uh, first person to remark on your prose. Is there like any kind of pressure when you write a story that let? Yeah, okay, tell us about it. <laughs> um, I mean, so the first thing that popped in my head was, well, it sucks. But then I'm like, don't say that. But it's 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 good. It's a good pressure. I I I, I like I I've mentioned this before. The response that we are here to hurt each other has has garnered has. I never thought in a million years that people would read my very, very fucked up book. Like I just never thought that that not only the people would read it, they would read it and they would like it and they would nominate it for things and it would win like that, like that. Not, not you know. Um, so on the one hand, that's awesome, but on the other hand, now there's some pressure there that wasn't there before. Um and I, I'm not gonna lie, like I've I've struggled with that. Like, a, like you know, I I feel like my life is my my writing life now is you know post we are here to hurt each other, and it's like I wonder if that's part of what's you know also life is life. Um, but but I wonder if that's also been a bit of my struggle um in getting the words down because there's pressure. I mean, people uh you know a lot of people have remarked about the prose and the the storytelling and you know the mentions of like you know i don't i'm not trying to name drop but like people have said in their reviews they mention people like clive barker and david cronenberg and you know all these sorts of folks and i'm just like holy shit and like i don't know <laughs> how i did that you know what i mean like yeah like that was i i just that's how i tell a story and mm. so it's very you know it's it's trying to work through that but one thing i've been 
very fortunate in is that I've had uh, a lot, like I've, I've always felt very welcomed in the horror community. I've always felt very like from way back in the day, I think my, my first sale was in like, it wasn't even a sale. It was like, you know, it was like for exposure and I could, you know, use exposure to pay my light bill but anyway um but when you know when you first start you're like fuck yeah um <laughs> somebody's gonna publish my work I don't give a shit and so um but I think my first like story like publication credit was like 2011 so I've I've been in the game for a little while you know a while and so um I've always been I've always felt very welcomed I've always felt very supported I've never felt like I mean like people say dumb shit but that's you know that's true with any group anybody anywhere yeah yeah I mean anybody anywhere like ever (laughs) in history at any point in time people are gonna talk shit like who cares um so I I but I've never felt you know I've always I've always felt very supported and that's always really helped um when that self-doubt starts to get to be a lot so yeah. So are you mostly pressuring yourself to kind of outdo we are here to hurt each other? You're like, how do I raise yeah, so... far from here to here now? Like, <laughs> so, how do I do that? Candace, what you said, you said the quiet part out loud. That's no, no, oh, I'm kidding. Uh, but no, you're, but you're right. That's it. Exactly. And like, when I hear, <laughs> right? and when I hear that out loud, I'm like, why am I doing that to myself? But that's exactly what it is. I think it's, um, yeah. because I think part of it is like, I've always, like, I know I'm a perfectionist and I've always known that that's not the most healthy way to, to create, you know, as an artist, as a writer, perfectionism is, is a very kind of toxic part of your process. But the problem is, is when you create from a place of perfectionism and then people like it, what does that tell you? Like, oh, it works. So that it validates the perfectionism. So now I'm just like, well. Validates your creation. Well, that's, well, if I interpreted like that, then I wouldn't have to, you know, I might just give you the money I'm going to give my therapist next week. You should (laughs) quit pressuring yourself. And I asked that because... See, I, I, I've had one of those years where it's been like, so, you know, I'm relatively new on the scene, you know, came out of nowhere. Which is like, yeah, we're not successful. The last 18 months, though, have, have been like a ride of just, I don't know how I got from point A to point B. And I did have a little bit of that, okay, how do I talk breach? How do I mm-hmm. talk? Hank Flynn, how do I talk Bishop, Bishop when that went yeah. through, through, through the roof? And now I'm just like, I have so much to do now that I don't even stop to think about the last one. I'm always thinking about the next one. Yeah. And I've already, I always have five in the works. So I think it's gotten me to the point where I'm just so overwhelmed with things, but not in a bad way. I'm enjoying all of it. And Mm. it's like, you know how you have that moment where you feel like the floodgates finally just open Mm -hmm. and it's just, Mm -hmm. that's what has been happening with me the last like two years or so. It's like someone gave me permission to do this Mm. and Mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm just doing it. I'm just writing it. Yeah. And I wrote a story a couple, so 
where I was going with this, with your prose, before I go off my tangent and explain this, um, I write in a variety of ways, styles. Like, my voice is the same, but it depends on what I'm writing. So, you know, I have Hank Flynn and I have the Bishop one. And those are more your general, your mainstream horrors. And they're like an action story wrapped in the horror elements and whatnot. And they're very, they're told from a very straightforward point of view. And I'm a pantser, but they they were like loosely outlined. Like I had A, B, C, D. When I get in the zone, like just flowing. You've been there. I know you have. Mm -hmm. So I'm a poet at heart. It's what I've been writing since I was 11. Mm -hmm. Maybe nine. According to my mom on my Patreon call last month, I think I was a, eight or nine, whatever, my first one. If that but goes. when I zone out, the prose hits on that whole other level. Yes. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. So yeah, I yeah. wrote a uh -huh. short story. Um, it's in the new Splatterpunk basement of... Splatterpunk's Basement of Horrors by Jack Pantry just came out <laughs> December 1st. I wrote a short story in there. It's called Skins. And this thing came out all at once. And about one, one and a half pages in, I was in the zone. Just zoning. Nothing mattered. Heard nothing. Felt nothing. Saw nothing. It's just words on the page. What happens when I do that is it's a poetic prose. It flows and it has the beat and it has the rhythm and it has that cadence and it has that just hit after hit after hit. Mm -hmm. And I was so nervous when I got finished with it and I sent it over to Jack because it was so unlike anything that I've ever written except one other story that I didn't really mention it on. I just put it out there to see if people would notice. And a few people did and they're like, why don't you write like that all the time? And I'm like, because they the different stories dictate the style of sure. prose yeah, yeah. you need. And mm -hmm. for Skins, it needed that zone. It needed that prose. It needed that other level to hit people where I wanted it to hit. So when I zoned out and it started like having that rhythm, I let it go. And mm -hmm. it scared me at first because I was like, people are going to be like, what are you doing? Because that's not my normal sure. output. Yeah. 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 But the response I've gotten from skins has been amazing right now. Mm -hmm. But I also feel like I don't need to do that with everything I write. I know I can do that. I know I can put it on that other level if I wanted to. But I also know when I'm writing Hank too that it doesn't need that prose because it's a whole different voice and tone. Yeah. It's yeah. this for this style and it's this for Hank and it's this for something else. And I was I was wanting to ask you because when you are doing when you're writing, do you always try to achieve do you always try to aim for that upper level of prose based on everything you write or are you writing the story and then applying the voice and the prose that the story needs like do you go for prose first and that elevated or do mm -hmm. you go for the tone of the story and then follow suit um that's a that's such a good question and i think it's a mix of both i think um for the the tone has to come first like i have to know you know, like I have to know the beats of the story, like you said. But mm -hmm. I think for me, like my comfort zone, oddly enough, 
is that poetic prose with the cadence and the rhythm mm -hmm. and the everything else disappears. Like for me, like that's, 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 that's the spot. Like that's, that's what I try to do. And anything else that's not that, I think because I kind of cherish that elevated, you know, prose. I think anything mm -hmm. that's not that, I feel like it may not ge genuinely, le legitimately be this. But I think for me, when I read it, I'm like, oh, that's that's clunky or whatever. And it's okay. not. But I just, right. you know what I mean? Like I, ha I have a, 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 just a, I don't know. I think I, I have sort of unrealistic expectations in that in that regard because I think. Um, because some stuff I've written that is much more, you know, just kind of direct, just kind of, yeah. you know, a relaying of of events. But I think, um, yeah, I think I do put a lot of pressure on myself for it to be in that elevated level. But it takes a while to get into that flow state, right? Like sometimes, because yeah. that's usually not the stuff, like I know a lot of people say, you know, um, like you know, just get the crap out first, like just write for three pages or whatever and then see what mm -hmm. happens. And like, no I hate that I'm sorry <laughs> you know what I mean like I just I hate that yeah. so much yeah I just, and I know like there's that you know that infamous or that famous like Stephen King you know say where he's like you know sometimes you're just shoveling shit and <laughs> uh when you're writing and like and I get that too and I've been there and um but I hate that and I I, I don't know how to I don't know how to to I'm, I'm working on working around that like Paula just you know except yeah. a lot of telesignatures was like that a lot of telesignature was like was shoveling shit like it was stuff in brackets like I don't know what happens here it's probably bad and <laughs> moving on to you know like the next thing um and that works but I think it's just kind of trusting my own process I think is something that's that's yeah. uh the struggle at times so right. yeah this is a problem for future paula <laughs> yes right deal with this next week <laughs> I know, uh, right? like, yeah i'm not worried about that today but yeah but thank you so much candace for sharing that 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 actually really helps put things in perspective because i really respect like like everybody here i respect all y'all's like your hustle and oh. your you know like all y'all's prolificness and just all the different things you're involved in i just think that's so Ugh. cool and i super am like stop trying to make me cry <laughs> no i'm serious <laughs> i'm serious like I, I, have so much, I have so much admiration for the people wow. you know every like all the folks in the community like who do the work you know and you can tell it comes from a place of love right like 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 we do this work because it means something to us and it's so awesome when we get to you know, like talk to each other and, and share about our process because like there yeah, are so the few same, spaces we're in the same tribe yeah, exactly. Like there's so few spaces outside of, you know, this where we get to do that. So I just I I really do. I have like like mad respect for for all y'all and so, you know, just uh Ooh. you know, keep doing Let's what you're doing. That's on that high. <laughs> keep doing what you're doing. I I'm 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 such a fan. So, yeah. Well, we'll keep doing word doing as long as you keep doing what you're doing. Because I mean we gotta have Street. you back on, right? So That's know. true. That's true. That's true. That's true. I'm all that's that's a good that's a good promise for me to, to, be, <laughs> to be fair, the schedules get all wonky because I've my family's dealt with some weird shit for the last two years, so it's getting normal again. Well good. Okay, yeah, we've good. wanted you on for a while. We love your work. Yeah. Well, thank very you. nice. Thank um, you, thank you. I, I, I try. I got a comment from David Demchek that I want to read. Says, yeah. Paula, why are you so awesome? And that's it. That's the question. <laughs> Go ahead. 
<laughs> yeah, you do have to answer that though. It is. It has. It you came do with have to answer. It's it a is question. a question. It is a it question. Is a question. David I love nice David. Man. You have to answer. I love him so much. Um, he I don't know, you. man. I um, I adore him as well. I um, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. It's okay. So, not this is. The thing about me is, if you ask me a question, I'm going to try and answer it as best I can. Even if it was meant in jest, I'm still going to try. So um, I had posted a picture of myself from, like, my senior year in high school. And everybody was like, oh, Paula, you look so cool. Like, for real. Like, oh, Paula, you look so cool, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that is not what I was thinking about myself when that picture was taken. And so it, I I don't know. I just feel like I'm one of those uh people like I'm I'm way more hard on myself than I need to be in a lot of different ways um and I but I but at the same time it's like if you ever compliment me then I'm going to interpret it as the me being hard on myself is what makes that like that's I'm awesome because I'm I'm mean to myself so not a good thing it's <laughs> not it's really not no I but at the same time I I to, to not to not make it such a bummer at the same time, I'm 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 very silly, and I also give myself a lot of grace. So it's not just all like constant pressure and and anxiety and stuff like that. I'm I'm also a pragmatist at heart, so I'm also like you know, uh, shit doesn't work, let it go, you know. So it's it's uh, I try to keep that balance. So yeah. So you're awesome because you tell yourself you're not. Like I said, I'm gonna start. Feel you. I'm, I'm right gonna, there I'm, with I'm, you. I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> It's working. That's the thing. 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 Can't argue with the results. I saw it. I don't like but how you're being yourself. Like, it it does sad. work because I cannot take a compliment to save my life. Me either. It that sucks. But, <laughs> you know, like, I never knew how. And when I was younger, like, I was so used to being picked on and made fun of all the time that whenever somebody did compliment me i was waiting for the punchline waiting for the yeah waiting for the punchline waiting for the joke waiting for the Mm -hmm. insult and and that's yeah it's like that thing that's on (laughs) that's making the rounds on social media like you know the things that didn't kill me didn't make me stronger but they gave me a good sense of humor like that's you know what i mean like that's thanks a lot trauma like you. <laughs> Yay. good looking out like but it's it's but, yeah. tr- it's tr- it's true though because i mean hell if you're not laughing chances are you're crying or drunk in a bar or something right exactly you, you gotta you gotta i mean i think that's again with horror like i think that's a lot of it like you gotta you gotta laugh at the shit like it's it's <laughs> like it's it's terrible and like you know so much of what you know if you put a mirror up to humanity, it's, it's sometimes it's too much. A, a lot of times mm-hmm. it's too much. And so I yeah. think, you know, it's, it's, you know, we have to talk about these things and we have to take, take them seriously, but we also have to, you know, I, I, I know it sounds like dumb, but you also just got to laugh at it sometimes. Like, cause what, again, what, what else, what other options are there? They're, yeah. they're not, they aren't pretty. So, yeah. But I, I think that's why people, like us write the things that we write because one somebody has to let the rest of them know they're not alone yes yeah i think you're not the only one you're not the only one and as frightening as we make it or as amplified as we make it or as 
absurd, bizarre, over the top as we make whatever situation, the situation is still there. The right. situation has been experienced by thousands. Yeah. Thousands. The, the end, at the end of it, we write it because we know there's people out there who need to read it, who need to know and understand they're not alone. Yes. And there are people who have gone through this. There are people that have felt this. There are people that have cried the same tears mm -hmm. as you, that have walked down that same pathway as you, and they have stood up again and they have come out of it and they have wiped their eyes and they said, you know what? I'm still going to survive this. I'm mm -hmm. going to come out of this and I'm going to start again tomorrow because you know what? You keep going. Absolutely. This person kept going. The hearing the story kept going. Mm -hmm. They got back up. I can get back up too. And I think that's why a lot of us write the way we write because one, it helps us process. Absolutely. And two, there's someone, there's someone who needs to hear it. There's someone who needs to read it. And if one of my books helps somebody get off the ledge, yeah. put the razor down, put the bottle yeah. down that I'm done. I'm That's, good. I I, I, I don't have to sell another book because my one story helped that one person get off the ledge. Then my purpose on this earth, done. I'm so, golden. Yeah. And how often can you say that? Like how often can you, and I, and I, I'm, I'm so glad you say that because that's also one of the, the things in, you know, in terms of like reactions to we are here to hurt each other. I cannot tell you the number of people who have messaged me like, thank you for telling this story because mm -hmm. I didn't know that anybody else experienced stuff like this or I had yeah. this thing happen to me and I didn't have a language for it. And now I do. And like that, I might get, I might cry because that's just <laughs> really like that just that, that that's everything like you said like that's everything and it's it's it is about knowing that you're not alone that you're not the only person suffering these things you aren't the only person you know thinking these thoughts um I I, I really admire um I'm just kind of thinking like two writers who I really admire who um talk about those sorts of things in their processes um Eric LaRocca um mm -hmm. and, and Terry Clark who writes his uh Zen E. Rockland and you know just I I don't I don't know I I talk about these things I don't just mean like mental health stuff but um but I think for so many people um who have struggles with these with with mental health stuff or like addiction or you know survivors of various traumas and abuse and stuff like that um you know the self-help books can work that's great but for some of us it, that just doesn't cut it you know like we yeah. need something you know we need something darker we need something that's more raw we need something um honest we need something yeah. honest right we need something authentic and so i think you know if if you know, if i can do that in my work i think that's also a, a reason to why i have that pressure on me because i i think uh i didn't expect that response from people and to have that response just feels like a sacred thing you know like i'm yeah. not big on yeah. you know religion and stuff like that but no you know like people believe what they believe that's fine um but that exchange between like a creator and their audience and like that connection that resonance that that to yeah. me is is very sacred and i i take that very uh i take that very seriously yeah there, there's a um 
phrase that I know we all use a lot. I know I use it a lot. Patrick uses it a lot. But to bleed on the page, it's not just meant for the person who's writing the book. Mm-hmm. We are bleeding on the page, sure. But the purpose is to make the reader bleed on the page. Yeah. Because yeah. sometimes mm-hmm. when they go through those abuses and experiences and situations, they hold all that in. They don't know how to express it. They don't know how to let it go. And what we give them is a way to cut them open and let it out. Let it out. Yeah. It gives them a safe space to process that and to let that out and for them to bleed it out, cry it out. It lets them feel that and it lets them let go of that. Some people don't know how to do that. And a self-help book can't do that. Right. Right. Yeah, for sure. But yeah. we yeah. we can because yeah. we're giving them permission to do that because we're sharing a little bit of our own pain mm. with them. And we're letting them know, I'm holding your hand. I have yeah. you. I got you. I walked this path. And now I'm going to show you how to walk it too. It's okay to let go. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and by the end of the book, a lot of them are able to do that. Or by the end of the next book. And as they read more and they realize they're not alone, it helps them process that. And that's that's why I do what I do. That's Yeah. yeah. And I think for so know? many of us, like that was done for us, right? Like what we read yeah. growing up mm-hmm. gave us that sense, you know, that was a hand reaching out saying, you know, I get it. You're not alone. Like that's what, you know, we, we yeah. go back to those same core authors those same core texts throughout our lives and it's just it feels like it's weird to say this but like you know like I read like um uh, uh, I don't know like the hellbound heart or something um and every time I read that that novella like it's just a even though it's horrific and you know grotesque it's, oh, it's so, so comfortable good. it's so Ooh, good it's so but it's good. it's so comfortable for me because yeah. it's just like I I remember you know reading that in in you know, like in college and just dealing with a lot of stuff and like, um, you know, just feeling like somebody, somebody kind of gets it. I know that was one of my big, you know, my big um, uh, attractions to the work of Thomas Ligotti was like, oh, somebody else feels like the world is just, you know, fueled by a relentless malevolence from space. Like, I'm glad I'm not alone in that. But uh but yeah, like I just I I that's that's yeah, it's it's all about letting people like yeah, creating us a, a you know, I don't mean the term safe space in the way it's been you know sort of bandied about, but like yeah, creating yeah. A, a a safe space or a sacred yeah. space where you can bleed on the page and let that out and deal with some stuff um yeah. in a way yeah. that you know we don't again self-help books just doesn't cut it. So yeah. you guys' talk made me just like just hearing you two talk made me realize that I'm super ADHD. Like it's been bad my whole life. It's been confirmed as a kid and it's, it, it sucks. Yes. And hearing you two talk triggered something. I'm like, holy shit. All my good guys are that. And all the bad guys are the neurotypicals because they're fucking assholes. <laughs> all right. That's just how That's it's been. That's awesome. That's so awesome. I, I never love realized that. that. I've been writing for like 11 years. That is so awesome. Whoa. I love that so much. That's because of you two. Oh, yeah. you two are awesome. <laughs> I, I, I love that. 
Because that's I I also have ADHD and I was never I wasn't diagnosed until I was in my mid thirties, so not too long ago. Um, and I I'm I'm one of those people. I know this is going to surprise all of you. Um, I I mask really well, and I okay. uh, so I did really well in school because I learned very quickly. If you do well in school, then people will leave me alone. Right? They'll let me do what I want to do. If <laughs> yeah. I if I can make it through the day, I might have a few you know incidents or whatever. I can make it through the day and get like a good grade on something. Then everybody will leave me the hell alone, and I can you know do my weird shit that I like to do. Um, <laughs> and um, that was that was that was my adolescence in a nutshell. And uh, but yeah, I mean it's 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 so hard having ADHD and just trying to function <laughs> sucks. in a, a neurotypical world. It sucks so hard. Yeah. And like, I just, I, I, I empathize a lot with you on that, Pat. Like it's, 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 I don't know. It's, I, I like the, the guilt and the shame and the, why can't you do this? And I, yeah. oh, fuck, I hate it. So like, kudos to you, man. That's awesome. Th- <laughs> thanks. And I, I, you know what? I don't know if many people talk about this, but like, um, I'm a straight white dude, but like I've never felt comfortable with groups of guys ever until I met my fellow horror writers, you know, and crime writers. Yeah. I, I mean, it's weird. Yeah. I mean, I think I don't really know if it has to do with that, though. I think it's just one of those things where you just didn't feel at home because you weren't with the right group of people definitely. with common mm. interests. Yeah. Because I've been working, so this is a true story since we went off on a tangent here. Last week, (laughs) last week, I had to go to my corporate Christmas get-together after work in the office downtown, right? That's the worst. No, I've been in the corporate (laughs) arena since I was 19 years old. I am corporate trained. Shit, I didn't know Major corporations my entire life. I walk the walk. You know, I do the whole thing. I know... But like you said about the masking, yeah, I never fit with this crowd. I I did my job. I happened to get lucky into a job that I fell into, and and I was good at it. Mm. Enough said. I stayed there. I had kids. I needed food. Hey, I stayed there. I'm 20 (laughs) years in to almost the whole time at the same company. So we're down here the other night. We're downtown, and we're, I won't tell you what I do, but it's very boring. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) I happen to be like my department, my team that I'm on is actually attached to our finance department, which is kind of funny because we have absolutely nothing to do with finance. (laughs) So we sit with like the treasury department and the finance department. That's just who we're attached to. So it's me down here with this group of like 10 white males Three women, a couple of assistants, and they're all sitting there, just all standing there at the happy hour talking about, you know, portfolios and investments. And, you know, not a single person has talked to me the entire time. And I'm just standing there like, okay. And I'm so out of my element. And I'm standing there cracking up just listening to this. Like, I kill people in my spare time. I don't even know what I'm doing. And you're my hero, I, Candace. <laughs> I'm so used to masking and like you know, doing the small talk and doing this and that and the other. But you know what was weird about the other night? I didn't want to kill people. I just wanted to be me. Yeah. And I wanted one person to ask me about what I do, not my job, what I do, who I am. 
Oh, yeah. I'm a writer. I'm a horror author. This is what I do. Words is my life. This is my living. This is what I was made to do. And I'm standing here with these people that I've worked with now for seven or eight years, and I did not feel like I belong there again. Oh, I was hit with this whole feeling of, I don't belong here, like on the outside looking in. And I was just so uncomfortable and so awkward. And it was like I had taken the mask off a couple of years ago and didn't even realize it. And now I'm standing here like, I don't belong here anymore. Yeah. And I don't want to fake it. I don't want to fake like I belong here. I don't want to try to make the small talk anymore. Because I have no idea what they're talking about. And not a single person there knows anything about what I do. One person finally asked me about my books. Wow. One person. Nice. Wow. And then when I started speaking, the rest of them were like, oh, oh yeah, that is right. You do write. And I'm like, you don't even know, man. Like, you don't Let even me know. tell you about werebears, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> right. It was just such a moment, though, because I, that was probably one of the first times in my adult life that I just, I wanted to be seen by my peers for who I truly am, and I didn't want to put the mask on. I did not want to stand there and fake, like, this was all fine. It's not fine. I'm not one Nor should that. you have to. Right, right, no, it's right. No, you know, and it was just, yeah. but here, like, this is home. This is home. This online the conventions the horror communities here by myself in the zone and i'm hitting like beat after beat after beat whether i'm alone or at a convention like this is my home this is who i am and if you can't take two minutes to get to know me and find out who i really am then then they suck fuck them <laughs> i said it fuck i don't want to mask anymore like i don't to. want to mask because if i can stand there and take the two minutes to ask you about your job or how your year was, or how your kids are, and I remembered your son's name, or I remember this and that and the other, and I can, you know, say something nice and kind to each one of you, but all 10 of them, however many of them were standing in our little group, not a single soul remembered who I was. Ooh, and I, I was just like, yeah, I don't them, want to do this anymore. Like, I don't want, I want to be who I am. Yeah, and it's nice, does. though, because this has allowed me, for the first time in my life, writing has allowed me to be who I was intended to be. That's awesome. Yeah. Not who I was trying to be, not who society told me I was expected to be, but who I was intended to be. And I think that's, I, I love, I, 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 I can't tell you how, <laughs> how, uh, how much that resonates with with me and um and I you know like I work in academia and so it's a little it's a little bit better but it's again it's one of those things where it's like I don't know like it's the vibe is just different and so yeah. like you know uh I I went to um Stoker Con for the first time earlier this year and at first I was Sorry. like, yes, I know, we spoke. I was like, oh my God, it's Kim's still That was so funny. You guys That's how everyone reacts to you, Kim. Do you believe that? It. I know Listen, she's been in here for what, 10 years, 12 years, and she's fangirling over like me. And I'm like, what is, what, why are we so excited? No, I was so, I was so stoked. And I remember, because I asked you, because I was like, Candace, you're so prolific. How do you do it? You look me dead in the eye and you're like, I get four hours of sleep. <laughs> On a good night. Yeah. On a good like, night. <laughs> okay 
Yeah, I have this brain that does not turn off. Like, that's yeah. my thing. I'm yeah. not ADHD, but my brain is just like overdrive. It's just going, 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 going. Yeah. Constant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. yeah. bananas. Yeah. But uh, but no, I just, I just, I cherish that that memory. That was so awesome. Um, and so, but I, but that's the thing about like different college. Like, before I went to any convention, like I, I don't think I even gone had I even gone to any before. Um, like I gone as like a, like, like we have like a comic con in our, you know, like yeah. like in your town or whatever it has yeah, like, like, a a, yeah. I, like as a visitor, like an attendee, yeah. you know. Yeah. But like I. I, when I SoberCon and I, there are other cons I want to go to, I was supposed to go to VoidCon and I couldn't make it. I was so disappointed. But uh, but I get now why people go to con- that's your people are there. You're, <laughs> you don't have to wear your mask. Hey, you can yeah. just you are. And I mean, I, that experience was just so I was like, holy shit, this is why people mm-hmm. do it. This is why people go to these cons. They spend mm-hmm. all this money. And it's like trying to explain <laughs> to other people like what that means yeah. and how that it, it's it's you know it's 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 indescribable and so trying to explain to folks like yeah i'm gonna you know it's home yeah it's home it's, home. it's, it's, it's absolutely home like i've never you know been anywhere where yeah. i fit in uh you know i talk about this a lot like i've never it's rare for me to be in a space where all parts of who i am fit and that's yeah. one of those spaces the horror community is one of those places where 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 i do and that's yeah that's amazing. so yeah. yeah and we are pleased to have you 100 percent. yeah thank you thank you thank you <laughs> all right uh i want to take us on a little sidestep here now as a rule we generally don't address social media drama and controversy but however <laughs> yeah. however I, I hear uh, on today's show people <laughs> need to hear you weigh in on the moral righteousness of Cenobites <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so oh this is this about the blue sky the the thing about the um I I, I don't know I saw a weird screenshot and you 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 are such a uh, Cenobite Barker person. I, that I really am. I know you have an opinion. I do have an opinion. So people were so, okay. So okay, okay. I, I okay. So I I got so apparently there was some drama on Twitter or X, whatever the fuck it's called now, and um, <laughs> it doesn't matter. What it doesn't words? matter. It's not right. It's, I, <laughs> um, what so and, stupid some dumb shit. Anyway. And apparently there was I don't I didn't see the original exchange, but it was something about how like Cenobites are bad or I don't know some dumb shit. But uh, <laughs> but basically somebody was like, "This conversation is stupid." Can we? They took it to to Blue Sky to talk about like just kind of like the moral. Like, do Cenobites have a morality? And and um, I've always just been on the side of no, they don't have a morality. They have nerve endings. They have sensation. They don't give a shit about what's right or what's wrong. Um, and I just, I, again, every everybody kind of knows I'm such a dork um, about <laughs> Hellraiser and the Cenobites. Um, it's my favorite thing. And uh, but but yeah, I just I don't know. I I find. Um, I like that people have these conversations and I'm I, and like Brennan, since you mentioned it, I might have to, to, to crawl into the depths of Twitter X and find the original conversation. Cause now I'm curious, like what did people <laughs> actually say? Um, 
Who knows? Because I, I mean, I'm sure you know it's not great, but um, I don't <laughs> know. I just is. feel it never is. Um, <laughs> and I, but I just, I, I'm so curious about people's interpretations of like the Cenobites and what they mean, and like, because I know I saw somebody say something like, you know. Like it's not fair that they would come after you, um, and know you know and torture you for no reason. I'm like, you invited them. Like that's the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. That you you. You missed the like first part of the book. Right. Like that's <laughs> the, like that's like you invited them. Like they they you know it's not hands that call us. It's desire. You wanted them to show up. Um, they don't just show up. Will it now? In some of the later films, does that happen? Yes, but that's. That's something else. That's you know we we don't we don't you know that's that's something different. That's not the original mythos. So yeah, um, it's like Jason going to space. Right. We're we're <laughs> off the beaten track at this point. Like we're at that point, it's, you know, we're we're not. It's it's not a you know it's not any concern with like Barker's vision or the the mm. the mythos of of the Cenobites. It's like you know here's a movie. Let's put some Cenobites in it. The kids will like it. You know like. I think like three of the later films, not the Hulu version, but like three of the later films, they literally were based on scripts that had nothing to do with Hellraiser, and they literally just put some Cenobites in it to, yeah. you know, <laughs> the kids will dig it. So yeah, kids love Cenobites. Kids love Cenobites. <laughs> that would be an awesome T-shirt, man. Mm-hmm. I forgot what the hell I was gonna say, Brian. Now somebody needs to make that shirt because kids love Cenobites. <laughs> so I want <laughs> that's actually as an I elementary know. teacher, I can confirm that <laughs> kids love Cenobites. Kids love Cenobites. Kids love Cenobites. <laughs> that's all the fucking third graders talk about. <laughs> so what if we use the mascot from the six cinnamon toast crunch and put a bunch of pins in it? And make <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I got a visual. Just... No, that's hilarious. That's have y'all that that actually that line about um kids love cinemas. Have y'all seen that movie? Um, I think when evil lurks or where evil lurks. Have I you haven't. Seen that? I want to so bad. Y'all have got to watch that movie. It looks it's horrible. Horrible. I've not watched it yet. Looks that like it's gonna scare the crap out of me. <laughs> rough. That movie is not playing around. Uh, I. I <laughs> Oh, like that. It's the same guy if you saw um terif- terrified, not terrifier, not the movie with the clown, but terrified. It's a mm-hmm. Argentinian horror film. Uh and that movie is like that I again, I don't like I say stuff like this all the time. I don't scare easily, but 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 I don't scare easily. But that movie had me in my house. Like I had a cat. Like just like put the cat over around the corner to make sure shit all right. Because I got the like I was scared in my own house after watching that movie. So yeah, if you haven't seen <laughs> Terrifier uh, or Terrified or um, When Evil Lurks, I highly I highly recommend them. And that it made me think of that because there's a line in that film that says children like evil and evil love or children love evil and evil love children. And it's I yeah. can also confirm that. Yeah. <laughs> Being a third grader, there's a reason why I teach. Uh, I mostly teach adults because no. smart move, for sure. Mm. I know, but yeah. I'm watching on Christmas. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, one day I won't work. <laughs> a Christmas Carol with George C. Scott. Yep. No, that's not what I'm watching. Oh. <laughs> I watched that. I watched the Muppet Christmas. Carol on Christmas oh, yeah. Eve because that's the okay. best version of a Christmas Carol. It is. It is. Yeah. Really it is. My family always watched uh, a, the George C. Scott version when I was little, and I was scared shitless of it because mm-hmm. 
uh the the marley Mar- the version of marley in that version is horrifying but it really is it's yeah so i've never seen that not for children <laughs> not, not for- no or at least cowardly children like me. <laughs> I, I really like Jingle All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger. That movie's awesome. It's so funny. That movie's so funny. It's ridiculous. But it's <laughs> yeah. really funny. I like he's, that one. He's hilarious. Like he is he's not have to do anything. He just talks. And it's it's yeah. It's it's uh he plays I, my that family, shit up so good. Yeah, my, my family is really <laughs> into like like eighties and nineties action movies. Like I That's cool. Like I, I grew up on like a lot of like Steven Seagal and Lethal Weapons. Arnold, the shit. Lethal Weapons. Yes. Um, you know, I love uh, that. Yeah. Jean Claude Jean Claude Van Damme, like we like Bloodsport oh, was like yeah. good movie. That's I thought you were gonna say the uh <laughs> yeah. what's the one where he's a he's a hitman. I forget what it's called. There's like five of them. Yeah, like which one? Like, which one? Yeah, like, the professional. It, no, it's called Leon the Professional. That's the one. That's that's not Jean Claude Van Damme. That's Jean Reno. That's Jean oh, Reno. Yeah, damn. It's I mean, not my friend Natalie dudes. Portman. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know it. I don't. I know. Congrats. I'm a dumbass, Brennan. Well, Paula corrected you too, so it's not just it's me. Not... <laughs> Man, I got thrown under the bus. Oh Dang. shit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was about to, so it's okay. So now you've been corrected <laughs> by all of us. You were about to get triple corrected. <laughs> triple threat right here. Wherever I go, this happens, man. Oh, no. <laughs> You're the one who decided to keep me on the show. I tried to tell you. Because I love here. you. You're like a big sister. You and Mercedes uh, Yardley. I, I am 27 hamsters in a trench coat. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> don't know. What kind of reply? That actually, more hamsters than that, but yeah. Huh? <laughs> so, but we wrap up with that because oh, that I I don't know where, where do you go from there anyway? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, don't, I, don't, I mean, I could ask her like five more questions. Questions. I had a list, but all okay. right. Okay, you know, do you think I'm not gonna rush? No, you? I'm just kidding. I'm all good. If, if y'all want to keep yeah. going, cool. If yeah, y'all want to wrap it up? Yeah, I'm, I'm good with either. I'm good with either. So. Go ahead, Patrick. Do your thing, sir. I don't know what my thing is. Final thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I could tell you, but you should probably ask. <laughs> just, just, just put Candace in charge. How about we do final thoughts? <laughs> Tag team. What? Wrong way. They're, okay, it's not working. Tag team, Candace. Final thoughts. Paula, we'll start with you, my dear. Anything you want to say, add on, mention what's coming next, what you're working on now, what you're looking forward to? Floor is yours. Oh my. Um, I am so bad at this every time I get I get put in the spotlight. Um, yeah, I mean, I have eventually some stuff will be coming for me. I I can't give you any dates because I don't know. Uh, but but you know, um, I'm on I'm on all of the socials at Paula D. Ash. Um I don't follow me on Twitter though, because I like I'm there, but I'm not there. Um <laughs> Uh, but um, all the other Smart. social, right? All the other social media Seriously. things, I'm there except for like the weird ones, like Threads. I don't know about that, but Instagram, Twitter, <laughs> Blue Sky, <laughs> Facebook. Um, that's just weird. I think that's all. So yeah, um, yeah, that's I. I got nothing, Candace. I got nothing. I've I failed you. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. All right. Well, you didn't fail anyone ever anytime soon, but we will move on to Brennan and his final thoughts, sir. 
Paula, you are a gem. I'm so happy that we could make this happen uh, and <laughs> that it finally gave me an excuse to pick up that collection and read it because it's fucking wonderful. Yeah. Um, Thank you. I am psyched to read more from you as it emerges. Um, and I also want to uh, uncharacteristically use my final thoughts to ask Patrick a question. Patrick. What's up, man? Listening. <laughs> listening Feels like to- a trap. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is not. Uh, it feels like a Candace, trap, like, kind of lead today and the way she handled the uh opening question like do you do you feel superfluous because i do that's a big word that i don't know the fucking meaning of please explain it to me <laughs> that's embarrassing <laughs> Dude, <laughs> what am i gonna do i don't have google built in my brain okay i don't know the words you're gonna say do, next. do you that's feel like a made like up a, word do you feel like a fucking backpack right now <laughs> Like a backpack with these two. Not needed. Number one necessary. <laughs> no, Candace, like, you were uh, so the backpacks uh, full you, of. You were bloody. wonderful host material. Uh, are, we, we can't put the co the co in front of you today because uh, you, I don't do that you, uh, anymore. No, there were there were some really wonderful moments that uh, absolutely fall to you. Uh, so thank you for coming. Uh, and Patrick, thank you for uh, hitting the record <laughs> button. <laughs> no, no, you, 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 you work here, but these final God, thoughts you stole the suck. Show you stole the show tonight. <laughs> Can it be my turn already, man? Let's throw it to Patrick for right, Patrick. Myself. Final thoughts. Final thoughts. Paula, thank you for being super patient. We all truly do love you, Candace. You too. You two are like jazz queens, which is. <laughs> incredibly it, it's hard to be a good jazz player ask brian he knows he has his jazz shit so it's really cool talking to you both uh brian i guess i enjoyed talking to you buddy just can't I it did. was fun yeah it was it was, it was adequate right. best Sorry. it was adequate <laughs> <laughs> on a scale of far to you know yeah. chocolate chip it cookies was fun. yeah patrick mcdonough my acquaintance it's uh it's it's been a time <laughs> It was okay. <laughs> we spoke <laughs> words to each other through a microphone. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Terrible That's final thoughts, nonsense. Candace. Okay. Together. So, but I mean, let me see. Final thoughts. Didn't I do a good job tonight? Um, yes, did. yes, I did. Awesome job. Anyway, Paula, thank you so much <laughs> for joining us and for being such an amazing person and author and role model and constant, constant source of inspiration. I truly do think you are amazing and stop pressuring yourself, ma'am. Fine. <laughs> Just it sounds it like an order. I, yeah, I mean, sounds you know, like an order. When, when, when Candace Nola tells you to get your shit together you get your shit together so oh we know stop pressuring yourself because ma'am you're a natural thank you and you have a raw gift in you Mm -hmm. that whether you see it as perfection as as you being a perfectionist or not i think you just need to ride that wave and just let it flow because you're meant to do this it'll come out as it should when it should Take that pressure off right. and just embrace it. Be you because everything you write is going to top the last because you're okay. only going to improve. So just, it's like fine wine with you. There's nowhere for you to go but up. So just, just, yeah. And Constant remember, thank you. Of inspiration. 
And Thank remember so that much, when Candace Nola says jump, you get those goddamn feet off the ground. Off the ground. <laughs> and don't forget to drink your water. That, that yes. sounds like <laughs> hydration. Hydration. That, that was like one of the various, very few things about Twitter that I enjoyed was Candace would pop in and be like, Hey, I love you. Drink some water. And be like, I love her so much. They're good reminders. <laughs> you know, I love you too. I am drinking it. <laughs> Here's my final, final yeah, thought on that. Since you mentioned that, because I've been dying to say this out loud because I found it hilarious. Do you know somebody tried to troll me on Twitter for telling people to drink the water for my Tell little just what? <laughs> yeah, what were they like trolling? water is bad. Like what? Like what were they? What like were they yeah, trolling? like he, he, what did they say? Something like so. Yeah, we're supposed to listen to some rando now trying to tell everybody what they're supposed to drink. And I was, I was like, I'll drink beer if I want to. And I was like, it's All right, water. Beer. All right. I was like, Show me, water. Well, hey, what? Why are you talking about water? What do you have opposition That's the to the main you? liquid since zero BC? <laughs> we have any oppositions against you being pro like oxygen? Do you think he would have an issue with that? Like, <laughs> I, just, I just laughed. Oh, I'll fucking breathe carbon dioxide. The dumbest, if shit. I want to. Just the dumbest shit to argue about and be con- mm, that's a whole nother conversation. Just- I do have a favor. Paula to ask since we are in the final wrap and I don't want to extend it anymore since we already did final <laughs> thoughts. There is one more question on Twitter X shit show. I mean Twitter X. <laughs> Twitter X shit show. <laughs> Shitter. <laughs> Dumpster fire. We did forget to ask one. So if you mm, could sure, pop yeah. on there and maybe answer that question question. I do believe somebody was asking what got you into horror and what one of your favorite horror novels is, if I'm recalling that correctly correctly so if you could jump on there maybe tonight or tomorrow and answer that one that would be super awesome yeah no problem i can do that yeah let me know i appreciate it so i think we're done you said where people can find you brennan where can people find you sir brennanlafaro.com has all the things you need all the things you need patrick every one whoa super duper rude dude sir um you can find me on twitter or instagram um i don't know facebook i guess threads wow that's well, like a weird one don't do threads. it's weird <laughs> like, wow, threads. Well, I've, made, like, What's that? I've seen Bye. writers that like i don't see on twitter it's a weird i don't know what the algorithm yeah. is there's, really... there's no one good place right now. No, there's not. Everything I know. So... Dude, I'm just looking around. I want to see like, as many people as I can, you know? Yeah. Right. I, I try to read widely. Oh, well, you can find me at uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, uncomfortablytark.com, and my now my own personal website under Candace Dola. Um, anywhere. Find me. I'm out there. <laughs> Next episode will be one two whoa two two eight. Uh, Joshua Roundtree. Uh, we're gonna be talking some weird West with him. As always, you man, choices in podcast. Thank you for picking us. 